Gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WCWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California Inferior. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And right here, right now, ladies and gentlemen, I get the opportunity to talk to the head honcho, the big cheese, the big kahuna from IWA Deep South. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one. This is the only Kevin Brennan. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm. Uh, it's an honor to have me on the show, man. I appreciate you bringing me on here, man. I, I, I really appreciate it, man. Not a problem. I, I'm, I'm really excited to learn about uh, your journey in the wrestling business. And Kevin, the first question I usually ask everyone on the show is: is uh, how did you become a wrestling fan when you were younger? <laughs> uh, I started, man, probably five years old. Uh, WWF at the time, I was a Hulkamaniac, and I started, you know, early 80s, man, I started watching WWF, and uh, I, I don't even think I saw WCW till maybe the early 90s, so uh, for about 10 years or so, I was just hardcore WWF fan, you know, you know, basically. Awesome, awesome. A lot of people started off as a Hulkamaniac, uh uh, as the 80s wind down, you get to the 90s, you see a little bit of WCW. When was the first time maybe you saw a little bit of, you know, more of a hardcore style wrestling? And and what was it that kind of uh, uh, grabbed you as far as hardcore style wrestling or deathmatch wrestling is concerned? First time, uh, let's see, was probably... Ninety six, probably nineteen ninety six. Uh, let's see, ECW. I guess was the first time. Yeah, ECW in ninety six. I became an instant fan. Uh, shortly after that, I got a hold of the uh, uh, the IWA Japan, the first King of the Death match, ninety five, when it was Funk and Foley. Uh, I got a hold of it not long after that. Uh, then uh, after that, uh, I discovered CZW and then uh, XPW come around. I started, you know, watching that after that, you know. So that, but yeah, ECW was the, was the first bit of hardcore I saw. And uh, I went to uh, probably 10 shows live. I went to during third time but and then uh from i think about 90 early 98 until up until 2001 when they folded up i went to probably 10 shows live you know so yeah awesome yeah that's cool i've got the poster right there in my background uh so that's really cool so i guess you're quite inspired by some of these companies czw xpw uh ecw uh, obviously, IWA Japan as well had some very inspiring uh, stuff going on in that company. But what made you want to get into the business and start promoting your own shows? Uh, the first time, uh, the really time that I was doing the show was probably in the mid. And uh, I would take, uh, and this was back before they recorded shows, like local, small local indie shows didn't record, you know, the videos for like VHS. And I mean, this was like local in, in Alabama, you know. So I would take my camcorder and back then they would let me bring my camcorder in and record the shows. And so um, I'd go record the whole show. And then me and a buddy of mine, we'd go back to my house and we would voice over the commentary. And um, 
I guess ever since then I wanted to be a promoter, but it was um, it was around 2000, the year 2000 was when I first made some contacts with some local uh, wrestling promotions, and um, I uh, co-promoted the show in 2001 with another guy uh, before I started out on my own. And I don't know if you want to segue into when I started on my own or if that's good enough for right now, and then we can talk about that. But that that was pretty much my inspirational years, I guess, uh, right there. Right, yeah, I guess this would be a good time for you to uh, talk about going on uh, on your own. Uh, so please, uh, indulge me. Uh, so in uh, 2002, I met this guy, which and nobody's going to know who he is, but his name is Chuck Pepper. Uh, it was a local guy. Him and a couple of buddies had made contact with some local wrestlers, and uh, they had run some shows that were – they. I mean, they were advertised, you know, as pro shows, but they had several guys on there that weren't fully trained. You know, they're about half trained. And then they had some established wrestlers mixed in. And so um, back in them days, and I'm talking about 20 years ago, you couldn't just go up to a wrestler and say, hey, man, how you get into business? You know, they it, it was kayfabe, you know, it was protected. It was real hard, man. It took me a couple of years before I finally, you know, got this connection with this guy. Well, this guy was just like me. He just had started out. He had only run a couple of shows. And like I said, they were about half trained, you know, about half trained guys and by uh, half, you know, uh, you know, backyard, basically. And so I got in that way once I got in through him then I, I figured out how I could do it on my own because this guy, he didn't really have much money. And so when I started making contacts with other local wrestlers, I told them some of my plans, what I wanted to do. And so they liked what I was talking and they liked how I paid. And so um, one thing led to another. I finally ran my first show November 9th, 2002 was the first show I ran on my own. Um, at that time, when I first started, I was an associate of Bill Barron's, who was uh, the uh, promoter, owner of NWA Wildside. And so he made me an associate under him. And so my name, when I first started, was NWA Alabama Pro Wrestling. And so I ran under that name for about three years before I – changed it again but uh that, that's basically how it started right interesting i had no idea about that that's really cool i did as much research as i could and i had no idea about nwa alabama that's cool um so uh when you decide to uh, i guess change the name uh, uh what why did you choose to call the company iwa deep south well let's see between 2002 and 2004, about the first two years that I ran, um, I was always wanting to. I was always wanting to get into the death matches, get into the hardcore. But when I started out locally, I didn't know anybody that was into that. And so when I, we we started, we were just a traditional wrestling promotion. And you know, we'd have a table here, a ladder here. You know, we would, you know slide some weapons into a match here and there but um you know i didn't know anybody that done death matches and so in uh let's see i guess it was 2003 i got a hold of the iwa mid-south king of the death uh tournament um uh, and that was like considered at the time i guess the best tournament everybody Everybody told me it was the best tournament, you know. And so I watched it, and uh, from there I, I got um, – somehow I got a contact with a booking agency, and I can't remember the name of it now. It slipped my mind because it's been so long ago. But in 2004, I found a booking agency that um, 
had a contact with Ian Rotten, and through, through this booking agency, I contacted Ian Rotten, and I wanted to book him on one of my shows. And so, anyways, I made contact with Ian, and then I brought him down, and he, he was supposed to work J.C. Bailey. And this was uh, October 2004. Well, J.C. Bailey uh, no-showed. I can't remember the reason now. But um, so Ian brought this guy. His name was Mike Sweat. And this was a guy, He I don't think he ever even made it on Mid-South. Uh, it seemed to me like he was part of the ring crew or something. But Ian needed somebody to work. He, had to, he even just had a flunky. And so they brought him down, and um, and he worked. Uh, this was in the National Guard Armory. And uh, they worked. They did the, the, the barbed wire around the ropes. I think he had like maybe 100, 100 plus tubes. Well, a local southern wrestling crowd is not used to this. And so we got reported. I ended up losing the venue over it. And so um, that was my first um, my first taste into the death matches promoting-wise. So from, from there, I had an idea. I said, you know, this is the deep south. And, you know, I said, I'm working with Ian now. And I done talked to Ian about coming back. And so I had this idea. I said, man, I said, hey, Ian, I said, you know how the NWA, you know how they're doing, um, you know, different territories. And you can be Alabama or you can be Mid-South, you can be Tennessee, whatever. I said, man, you need to you need to make the, I, the IWA that way. And I said, you know, you're Mid-South. I'm in Alabama. I'm Deep South. He said, man, he said, uh, what would you think about me calling, me, me rebranding my promotion and calling it IWA Deep South? And he thought about it and he said, man, you know, that's a good, good idea. And uh, so then that's how it started. And I said, hey, uh, I can't think of a better way to launch the new promotion, the new branding promotion than with a deathmatch tournament. I said, if it's all right with you, I said, in October 2005, I said, October next year, I said, let's launch my my promotion, and, and we'll do King of the Death match in, in Deep South. And so he said, yeah, man, that's good. And so we worked it out, and that uh, that's pretty much, you know, how I got it going. Uh, and, I mean, we can talk about the first one, you know, you know, next if you want to. It's up to you. Yeah, no problem. That that was near, nearly my next question. I just, yeah, I, I was just really uh, glad to kind of uncover uh, now actually knowing that there was a connection between uh, Deep South and Mid-South. Um, has there been a lot of uh, connection with uh, Pondo on IWA East Coast at all? Um, well, actually, the inspiration for East Coast was once once I got Deep South going, then it's my understanding Pondo talked to Ian about, hey, you know, I'm in West Virginia. And so and then he, he got the idea of, of starting the East Coast. And then um, I, I booked Pondo a couple of times. Um, and at one time, we were talking about doing like a IWA convention where like all the IWA promotions get together and um and do like a well I mean kind of like what GCW does now with the collective WrestleMania weekend. I actually had the idea of doing that with the IWA brands. This was back in two thousand five, which it never materialized because myself and uh, Pondo both had a falling out with Ian, um and so. We never did get to do that, and so that that's as close as we got to actually working together. But uh, like I said, not many people know that I had the idea of, of, of IWA branding. You know, I don't think anybody knew that. I think I mentioned it one other time. I've done one other interview, and I've, I've talked about that, but... Uh, most people don't know it was my idea, you know, so, but yeah, that that's about as close as we came to working directly together. 
Right. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I always wanted to know about that. And now I do. Uh, cool. Uh, so, yes, let's talk about uh, October 22nd, 2005, uh, the first ever uh, King of the Death Matches tournament for Deep South when it gets shut down. Uh, I, I heard you tell the story before on um, the uh, Carnage Cup documentary, uh, but please, for anyone out there who hasn't heard a little bit about this story, uh, tell us about this day. Okay, so I had, I had had a meeting with the director of the venue, and I told him that I was going to do this extreme hardcore tournament. And I had already done a little bit of hardcore up until that point in that venue and didn't have any trouble. And so I got clearance, he said, but we never went into detail about what all was going to take place. And so anyway, I got approved and we got the venue set up for Saturday, October 22nd, 2005. We was launching the new promotion, IWA Deep South. And for the first one, we called it King of the Death because that was before I got the Carnage Cup idea. And so it come time for the show and I wasn't nowhere prepared, you know, I – I, I had the gimmicks pretty much I got on my own. I mean, I had maybe one or two other guys help me out just a little bit. But that was my first deathmatch tournament ever. So I was kind of in over my head, not not knowing what to fully prepare for. I just wasn't prepared. I, I wasn't ready for it. And so anyway, we got to the show, and I had the show laid out. And – uh. Anyway, so we got done. We got ready for the first match. It was Brandon Prophet versus Die Hard Dustin Lee, and we were using those thin light tubes, the T, the T eight light tubes they tell you not to use. Uh, it was the same ones that that uh, Nick Gage uh, hit sideways when he worked Thumbtack Jacket Tod. Shit, you know yeah. he, he fucking, you know he fucking died, you know in yeah. the helicopter. Well. Um, so, I mean, we had like fucking 100 T8s, you know, on boards and laying in the ring and everything. They were just swinging, man, killing each other with them, like, you know. And at one point, Brandon Prophet uh, threw a bundle of them down on Dyer's shoulder. And it just, it opened him up, man. That big old, big old chunk, man. And like down on the floor, the fucking meat was, was out on the floor, man, the skin, you know. And uh, so anyway, they got done, did the finish. As soon as the match was over with, Dow was screaming. Man, he was hollering like he was dying. And they said, they said call 911, call 911. So he went on to the bank, and they was trying to, trying to stop the bleeding and everything. He said, I got to go to the hospital. And the guys told him, said, no, don't, don't go to the hospital. Just chill out, man, get some clue. You know, just uh, bandage it, do whatever, but don't go to the hospital. Because people, I don't know what it was, people just had a, a intuition. Everybody was thinking something was going to happen, you know. So anyway, they got the, he called the ambulance. The ambulance come up there. And when they call at this building here, and I, I it's probably like this in other buildings, it's a city, a city-owned building. And uh, anyway, they had to call the director when the ambulance came down there. So they called the director and said, hey, we had, we had a 911 call. This guy said he got messed up, cut up real bad at this wrestling. So then the, 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 the phone rang in the office at the building, and it was the director. He wanted to talk to me. He said, put Kevin on the phone. He said, hey, what's going on? They said, I heard this guy got got messed up and got a chunk out of his shoulder and going to the hospital. They said, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to uh, settle this stuff down. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to do whatever you got to do. This shit can't happen again. And so he said, if I get another call, I'm going to shut you down. And so, like, I, I hung the phone up, and I walked back in the venue and here's Marty Schiffbeier flying off the top of the damn balcony through a damn table. 
Well, five minutes later, the phone rung again. It was the director. He said, I'm shutting you down. I'm shutting you down. They called. The guy fell off the damn roof. They said, I'm shutting your ass down. Cops will be there shortly. The cops get there. They said, we got instructions from the director to shut the show down. Said, done have one go to uh, emergency room. We had another one fall off the damn roof. I said, he didn't fall off the roof, fell off the body. He said, I don't care, man. That's 25 feet up. And, uh, hell, you got a damn front end of a damn car in here. Hell, you got damn knives and razor blades sticking out of fucking tables and shit. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all this shit ain't safe. He's somebody going to die. And uh, I said, you ain't shutting this down. I done, I done flew guys in. And we got fans here, man. And I, I done. Hell, I done paid it. I done paid all this money. I said, you ain't shutting it down. He said, yeah, we're going to shut it down. I said, no, you ain't. And, uh, man, I was hollering. I was getting pissed off. And I was cussing the police out and everything. I settled down a lot since then, but I still got a temper. But anyway, they said, Mr. Brandon, Mr. Brandon, if you don't settle down and let us do our job, we're going to take you to jail. I said, I ain't selling down. You're going to let me finish my show. I said, and then, you know, that's it. And so, I don't know. I finally, my wife, and she and my wife left. And finally, I finally settled down a little bit. And uh, they shut down the show. And uh, I was pissed off. I mean, I still paid everybody. Everybody got paid. But I shut the show. But like literally like two days later, I was looking for another venue to try to reschedule. And we ended up rescheduling it uh, December 3rd in uh, Elkmont up at the Country Music Barn. And uh, we ended up having it up there. And I think it ended up turning out better than it could have. Uh, Next Tank was in the finals. You know, tank one it uh, so, but uh, yeah, that was a hell of a night, man. And to this day, to the best of my knowledge, uh, from what I, from unless you've heard different, but everybody I've talked to agrees, uh, there's never been a deathmatch tournament get shut down. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, by the cops, there's never one that got shut down. I think like Ian. Ian's lost being used after the fact, but I'm talking about actually shut down. I don't think there's ever been a deathmatch tournament shut down in the world other than other than mine. <laughs> now, do you do you know do you know any different? <laughs> no, I, I've never heard of any other deathmatch tournament getting shut down. So that that could be kind of like a badge of honor for you there. That uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Um, what what made you decide that Tank should be the first tournament uh, uh, champion? Um, what, what what was it about Tank that made you think that he should be the first guy? Well, uh, at the time, I felt like we needed to put over a guy from from the Deep South area, and and at that time, Tank was the most experienced. Um, and the most recognizable name in the deep south as far as death matches, but um, because that was our first show, so we ain't had time to build anybody. And so Tank already had a name. Tank already kind of had a name for himself because he had been to uh, King of the Death in Mid South the year before, and he he'd made a name for himself all over the south. And so pretty much, you know that. You know, I, I felt like the first one needed to be, you know, a guy from from the area, from the south. But it needed to be somebody that deserved it and had the experience and had the name. And so that's pretty much the reason why. Yeah, no problem. Cool. Um so what made you decide to change the name to the Carnage Cup? Was it just because you wanted to put your own spin on it? Uh, what, what, how'd you come up with that one? 
Uh, yeah, pretty well, pretty much because uh, you know Ian Ian had King of the Death match, and for that first one, he gave me permission to call mine that. But um, he told me, he said, you really need your own name that's uh, unique to IWA Deep South. And so, um, but before the before the next one rolled around, I had uh, hired the services of Mike Burns, uh, the, the owner of Smart Mark Video, which you may or may not know, Mike, uh, years prior, uh, was the booker for CZW for a few years and so me knowing that i felt like i needed a quality booker uh especially in those early years until i you know got more experience and i felt like i could do it myself so i hired mike and so mike had a buddy of his that did uh artwork and he did graphic design and he did uh websites and so um, it was actually this other guy's idea. It was uh, for Carnage Cup. It was his his idea. And so we pretty much sat down and uh, the three of us, we said, yeah, that, that sounds like the best name. So that's what we ended up deciding to call it then. Cool. Um, I know you've probably had a lot of headaches over the years uh, trying to get a venue. Uh, I, I know in the documentary you had to change venue quite often. Uh, how frustrating has that experience been over the years trying to get a venue for these deathmatch tournaments? Oh man, I, I'd rather I'd rather take a swift kick in the nuts sometimes. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the uh, uh, it's hell, man. So, uh, that's why I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, like um, after Carnage Cup Eleven, we took several years off, like. Carnage Cup 11 was in 2017. Well, see, then we didn't run 12 until last year. So we took, you know, we took, uh, what, like three or four years off um, for that very reason. But even back in the old days, man, it was it was hard to find one. Um, the uh, second one we ended up doing in a garage, up here locally in Alabama, and that was before we had an athletic commission. But it was like a one and done because my cleanup crew I was supposed to have, they pretty much bailed on me. As soon as the damn show was over with, they seen how fucked up the building was. And they said, hell with this. They said, we ain't, you know, ain't enough beer in the cooler. Uh, we ain't, we ain't going to fuck with it. You know, so they just, they just went home. So I was standing there looking around, and you couldn't see, dude. It was so much damn uh, dust in the air from light tubes. <laughs> I mean, it looked like fucking snow, and you, you couldn't breathe, man, because we was in this little bitty building, and uh, the, the ground, there was so much broke glass. I mean, it's just wherever you step, it sounded like you were stepping on cockroaches, man. It, it was just... <laughs> I was like, ain't no way, man. I said, they're going to have to burn this fucking building down. I said, you know, there ain't no way in hell. they. I don't know how they clean it. There's no telling how long it took them to clean that damn building up. But uh, that was hell. Um, I, then we found the damn campground, but we we trashed it beyond <laughs> recognition. And I didn't intentionally, like, leave these places like this. Like, what I would do is I try my damnedest to get it clean, but a lot of times they would just be so trashed and nobody want to help. And then I finally, just the last few years, I started just paying guys to help me. These last few years, I just I just had to pay guys, man. I mean, several hundred dollars a piece, or they won't even touch the shit, you know. So, but uh. Yeah, it's it's been hell, dude. It's it's been hell to find a place, keep a place. It's uh most most venues they won't even let you they won't even let you in and they won't even talk to you. And so uh it's been the most unbelievable hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is find a venue for Carnage Cup every damn year. It's like 
it's hard, man. But uh, but knock on wood, I mean, we we end up we find them somehow. I end up finding them somewhere, and I mean, a lot of times they leave be little bitty small places, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. But but we can still do them, you know. Yeah, that's cool. So, and, and and I wanted to ask, uh, you know, I know you did one last year. Is there any hope on the horizon that there will be another Carnage Cup before the end of this year or maybe next year? Uh, right now, I'm projecting uh, to be May of next year. This is my my projection right now is May of next year. Hopefully at the same venue, the last time I talked to them, uh, they said I could still come back. And so that's what the projection is, May of next year awesome well for everyone out there you, you've got the the information right here on the insider's edge podcast uh the carnage cup again i want to keep talking about this uh who would you say is the most valuable guy that you had in the carnage cup over the years um all, the, all these years that you've done the tournament uh the most valuable guy the most valuable guy that, that, that still with me now, hands down, is Angel Dev John Rare. Um, John, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's 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 the most valuable guy to me. That that's still with me. Yeah, of course. And I, I have to bring up uh, those John Rare um, Spider uh, Boudreaux uh, saw death matches. Uh, how much do they mean to the history of the Carnage Cup? They, I'll say it like this: They're the the equivalent of the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. That that's what they mean at Cornish Cup Legacy. Uh, those saw matches are what really put us on the map from the first one all the way up until now. Um, though, I mean, they put us on the map. I've I've had people all over the world contact me. And and tell me how much they enjoy them matches and and how much they look they always look forward to Spider and John um, and I, it's amazing to me the kind of impact that it's made worldwide the way you know their match um, has made people you know interested in Carnage Cup it's almost like a separate entity from Carnage Cup it's like it's like you got Carnage Cup, but then you got Johnny Spider Saw Match. You know, that's what it ended up, you know, being like. You know, it's pretty much kind of like, like I said, like the Undertaker Street at WrestleMania. It, it's that's the only thing I can really equate it to. But it 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 won't never be forgotten. I mean, obviously, I can't do any more because uh, Spider's no longer with us. You know, God rest his soul. Uh, but uh, we still got plans. Uh, I know John Rare's retired. He, he has retired, but um, he is going to be at Cornish Cup 13, and we've got huge plans for 13 to to give him a going-out party, basically. And so I know he's planning on doing something really crazy at Cornish Cup 13, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be it for him. Um He's supposed to move to Colorado, and and I think when he gets out, when he gets moved out there, he told me he wasn't going to do anymore. So I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that's the way it's looking right now, though. Right, cool. But, well, yeah, sorry. But, sorry, continue. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I kind of got off of that into <laughs> John. Yeah, okay. sorry. I just didn't say that though. No, that's totally cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that would be a great way to uh, give him a nice send off considering how much he's meant to uh, Deep South over the years. Uh, so again, I, I, I wanted to ask this one here because a friend of mine asked me that, it, you know, this is something that he would like to hear about. Uh, what are some of the worst injuries you've seen at the Carnage Cup? Obviously, that's going to be happening quite quite a lot considering how uh, crazy some of the matches can get. What would you say are the worst injuries you've seen? Oh, 
shit, man. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna have to think a minute. Uh, well, the 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 diehard Dustin Lee uh, shoulder, uh, the chunk out of his shoulder, is definitely a, one of the worst. Uh, Drake Younger at Carnage Cup three when he got half his ear sliced off. Um, let's see. Oh God. Trying to think who else. Scotty Vortex got messed up. I, Scotty Vortex, I, I think he almost lost a finger at three. Um, oh, damn. Let's see who else. I wish you, I wish I'd have been prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Th- this is the only one I'm having trouble with. Um, Kim, who, who else got messed up real bad? John Ray broke his leg, but it wasn't at a carnage. Yeah, but I'm in a carnage cuff, though. When we ran in Tennessee at that campground, didn't somebody get taken by the ambulance? Oh, yeah, Slack. Yeah, Slack got messed up bad at carnage cuff 11. Yeah, Slack. Slack had to go to the hospital at 11. I forget what. It was his head, wasn't it? I couldn't. He he had a head injury. Uh, Slack did at eleven. Um, damn, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, yeah, man, I can't <laughs> think any right off the top of my head. No, that's but okay. I that's, know, that's I a know, good bunch there. I know there's been there. I know there's been more than that. I just I I can't think of those. Those, those are some bad ones there. But uh, oh 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 uh oh. Uh, Dysfunction, dysfunction at the uh, at the second Cornish Cup. I almost lost his thumb. I know it's like his thumb was hanging, was like <laughs> hanging by the tendons. That that was one. I just happened to think of that one. Um, damn, I'm gonna try to think about. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. That that's a that's a few oh, good oh, uh, no, 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 no. There's one more. Hold on, <laughs> okay. Big James. Uh, Big James, yeah, at Carnage Cup seven, he, he had to go to the hospital. Man, his uh, I know his ear, like he almost lost his ear, and then he was he was, I think his like his forehead was cut real deep. Man, it was a bad one too. I just happened to think of that, but uh, yeah, sorry about that, man. I I was trying to think. It, we've had what twelve, and I had to try to think back of all the shit that's happened is so much man <laughs> yeah that, that's that's totally cool and you know uh it's just crazy the the amount of abuse some of the guys uh have put themselves through over the years uh for people's entertainment so you know it's it really is a testament to them um I, aside from the carnage cup we, we've talked a lot about the carnage cup i want to ask uh, on average how many shows uh do you promote under IWA Deep South a year, is it uh, is it just the Carnage Cup? You do with some other shows as well throughout the year. How many would you say is the average? Uh, we average about four shows a year right now. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, because I was trying to do some research and uh, uh, and I noticed that that was pretty much generally what I could see was about three or four shows. But just wanted to check with you. Um, Another question I had, uh, the IWA Deep South heavyweight title has not been active since 2014. Um, why is it that your company doesn't have like a main championship like that? Um, we uh, took, let's see, in 2014, we took a break and I started, uh, I started running, uh, the, uh, like it's ten dollar wrestling. I was doing like a, I, I switched gears when the athletic commission came because they were, uh, when we got an athletic commission, they got to be real strict, and so I, I for a couple of years, I, I switched and started doing more comedy style wrestling, and so we kind of just hadn't brought it back, but one of the, one of my main goals right now is to bring it back 
And so I'm I'm planning on bringing it back soon. Uh, more than likely next year is when I'm, I'm planning on bringing it back. Awesome. Another exclusive here on the Insider's Edge, everybody. Um, uh, one person I wanted to ask about, we haven't got uh, too many questions left to go here, Kevin, so I really appreciate your time. Uh, Thumbtack Jack, uh, I've had him on the show before. Uh, I think he's a, a great guy and we had a great conversation. Do you have any fond Thumbtack Jack memories? Uh, yeah, man. He Let's say he was on uh, Carnage Cup 5, and I'm trying to think. Uh, I remember when he got here, like one of the, one of the first things that I remember he asked was uh, – about getting some alligator and I looked at him, I was like, man, it's, you know, that's usually, that's usually something more common in Florida, you know, but, uh, I was like, you can probably find some at a local seafood restaurant, but, uh, he, uh, specifically asked me about, about trying some alligator. He wanted to try something, something unique, um, to, to the area. And so that was one thing. Um, I know, uh, Let's see. Uh, I know he had a hell of a night. I mean, when he worked, uh, I mean, he had to work three times. Well, let's see. Who did he end up working? Scotty Vortex and Nick Gage and then Sexy Eddie at Cornish Cup 5. Um, and I feel like he he busted his ass just, just as hard for me as he did anybody else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I liked him. He was cool. I mean, most anything I asked him, he was cool to do. Uh, I know he he wouldn't. I know he wasn't going to do razor blades or the hypodermic needles. I mean, I'd ask him about those, and he he wouldn't he wouldn't feel in that. He wouldn't want to do them. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good experience. I had a great you know good experience with him, and uh, so he, he just worked the one show with me. But uh, yeah, he he was a great guy, man, and I enjoyed working with him. That's cool. It's so funny that you see that you t- mentioned how he was looking to eat some uh, alligator because when he talked to me, he was talking about when he was in Australia, he ate some kangaroo. So I think that's just a thing he likes to do. <laughs> um, so uh, another guy who I wanted to bring up, Necro Butcher. I- I'd seen that he uh, actually uh, worked on a show of yours um earlier this year uh you know uh h- how have you enjoyed working with necro butcher over the years oh man necro necro is one of my favorite people in the world uh shit i can't say enough good about necro um uh, he when he came back i was glad to have him back a couple of months ago and me and him talked you know just like it was yesterday and we, he and I share a lot of, a lot of the same interests. Um, and so, uh, and it, it really, it bothers me because, uh, more places are not booking him. And I guess, you know, that's because of his, I guess it's because of his political views or his, you know, some of his views that he has, but which I think is bullshit, but you know, I love Dylan, man. He's a great guy, man. I can't say enough good about him i mean he's always always busted his ass for me and um they gave it a good show and uh like i said down to earth very intelligent guy uh smart guy i mean i love him to death he's you know i can't say enough good about him cool cool kevin uh another question i had was uh there are so many now. There's so many deathmatch tournaments that go on. You know, GCW do one. Uh, XPW just brought back the King of the Deathmatch Championship. Uh, I'm, I believe CZW just announced the next tournament of death. The, the Masters of Pain coming up soon. There's so many going on right now. It seems like deathmatches are becoming almost like a novelty in a way where you know people like a Matt Cardona is doing a, a deathmatch. Buff Bagwell's talking about maybe he should do a deathmatch or something like that. What do you think about how deathmatch wrestling has kind of become uh, even more well-known today in, in pro wrestling? Uh, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. It's good and bad. It's um, it's it's terrible for me because I remember back when I started, and we ran our first one at 
at the time when when I when I ran my first deathmatch tournament, I think there was I said there was TOD King of the Death and what I think that was it maybe one more yeah and I mean and 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 it was and in mine I was like only the third. I think at a time, I think mine was the mine was like the third tournament in the United States, and so I remember a time when when I was one of the the first ones. You know, I mean, there was only like Tod and King of the Death, and there was there was us, and so I, I'll be honest. Back in them days, man, I made a shitload of money, man, compared to now. Because now, see, the only problem with everybody doing them. There's not as much money because, you know, you, you split the fans up and then everybody's trying to keep up with all the shows. And so from a business standpoint, it's terrible. But I think from a fan standpoint, I think it's good, you know, if you love death matches. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, fair enough. Great answer as well. I just I kind of feel like the the. This is what happens. Something becomes uh, a little bit popular. The market gets oversaturated and it hurts everyone in the long run. Um, but it's also good for the fans. So you, you're right there. Another question that I have, we're getting very close to the end here, Kevin. Appreciate your time again. What else do you hope to achieve with IWA Deep South? Is there something that you haven't achieved yet with the company that, you, that you're hoping? Uh, let's see. I'll tell you, I won't. Uh, there's one thing I want. There's one thing off the top of my head is there. There's a venue in Birmingham. Um, it's probably one of the most well-known venues in the South, uh, Boutwell Auditorium. Um, that's where uh, the old Continental and Southeastern territory used to run back in the day. Uh, one of my short-term goals: I want to do an event uh, in that venue. Um, a couple of the other goals I'd, I'd like to do is I'd like to run uh, shows, you know, further away, you know, possibly, possibly even outside of the deep South. Um, I would say other than that is uh, probably just get, just get more well-known, uh, get on more streaming networks. Uh, we just got to deal with Tubi now. So we're, gonna be streaming with Tubi. Um I've got another company I'm working something with something on. Um you know so yeah really th those are the main main goals right now I got that I want to achieve with IWA Deep South. Very cool. Um so uh right now Kevin it's the final segment of my show where we get to find out about some of your favorite things it's about 10 or 12 here but uh they're kind of quick fire questions for quick fire answers the first question here kevin is who is your favorite professional wrestler of all time mm, i'd say hulk hogan man excellent is, is there a favorite match uh in the history of pro wrestling that you'd say that's your favorite Oh shit, man! I know that's a tough uh, one. <laughs> favorite match? Oh shit! Man, maybe Hogan, maybe Hogan Warrior. Uh, it's kind of a toss-up, Hogan Warrior, or. Uh, uh, Stone Cold in the Rock at uh, at Mania, what seventeen? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it's it's pretty toss up between them two, man. Probably that's two pretty great choices there. I'd say, Kevin. Uh, moving away from wrestling now, do you have a favorite book? Man. <laughs> That is a tough one, man. Well, I mean, out of principle, I gotta say the Bible, man. You know, I just out of principle, man. Yep, fair enough. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a huge reader though. But yeah, 
you know, yeah, I'd say, I'd say the Bible, man. No, fair enough. We've had that answer on the show uh, several times. Uh, do you have a favorite TV show? Man, I've had several. Uh, uh, most re- most recently, I like I like Vikings. Uh, right now, right now, I'm pretty big on Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love Cobra Kai. Uh, do you have a favorite film, Kevin? <sighs> Damn. Let's see. Uh, man, several. Uh, it'd be easier to go by genre. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is hard to beat, man. But uh, uh, and the original Exorcist, some some of the some of the old horror movies. But I've got like you could go to other genres, and I could. I could pick one like per genre, though it would probably be easier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that one's always a tough one. This one can also be a tough one. Uh, do you have a favorite musical artist or band? Uh, yeah, it'd be a genre thing, too. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, is it all right to do that? I mean, genre, if I went genre, I'd say like rock, I would say like, man, like ACDC. Guns and Roses, you know, if I went like, I mean, I'd say country, like, you know, Merle Haggard, Hank Jr., you know, if I go, uh, I don't know, pop, man, maybe Elvis. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough, man, just off the <laughs> top of my head, just off the top of my head, those. That's are, cool. Uh, Guns and Roses are my favorite band, so that's pretty cool. Um, getting away from the arts now, Kevin, do you have a favorite food? Um, I like uh, Italian and Mexican are probably my two favorite types of foods, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, do you have a favorite place to eat on the road? A waffle House. <laughs> That's the number one answer we get for that question on the show. Uh, do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage, or if you don't drink, just a favorite beverage in general, Kevin? Uh, Coke. Coke? Coke. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, the second last one here, Kevin, is kind of, I guess the naughtiest one of uh, this segment. Favorite female body part? You see a good-looking lady, you know, where will your eyes go to first? Ass. <laughs> Excellent answer. The exact same answer that Mr. Domaraco gave me, so uh, you're in good company there. Uh, and the final one here, Kevin, uh, favorite curse word? I guess probably, probably fuck, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kevin Brennan, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate uh, learning about your, a little bit about your journey in pro wrestling. I'm sure you have so many other stories. And so, you know, it'd be great one day to have you back on the show. But again, I really appreciate your time. This has been really fun for me. Uh, so thank you very much. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, if you want to, I, I'd be glad to come back on and, talk about some other stories i got plenty of them so just let me know man i i appreciate you letting me on here no problem kevin thank you very much and thank all of you out there for joining us for the insider's edge podcast i'm california this is my new friend kevin brennan and we will see you down the road thank you <laughs>